Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. Everyone say daily. You know, it's not like he fell and broke his ankle and he was just there for a few minutes. This was a mundane, everyday sentence. This is your life. Get used to it. They laid him there daily. He was like this from his mother's womb or from birth. He was laid at the gate which is called beautiful. It's maybe beautiful to other people, but for him it was not beautiful. To ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms or was begging for an offering, a little help. Peter, fastening his eyes on him with John, said, Look on us. Now, I, I know that they had passed this man before, because if he was there daily, they were there daily. But something was different today. They heard something coming out of this man that was desperate, because they stopped and they heard him. He said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name, and, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now I want to I back up just a, a verse here because... We need to pay attention to something. It says that he was expecting to receive something of them. Not from them. Of them. Something they had within them. Not on them. Not an offering. Not a, you know, enough for a burger and fries down at McDonald's. But... Of them. Did anyone come today to receive something of the Lord? Not just something from Him, but it's going to flow through us today and you're going to be the recipient just like this man was. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle boats received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms. He was identifiable because he was a beggar. He was at the gate beautiful because that's where he went every day. It had become his identity. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. 
And when Peter saw it, he answered the people, said, You men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, or why look ye so earnestly on us? Immediately Peter began to deflect the attention from them to God. He said, I don't know why you're looking at us. We could not do anything for this man. We didn't have anything to help him, and we certainly didn't have anything within ourselves to do anything. But we had something in us from God that this man needed. And he said this in verse 16. His name through faith in his name hath made this man strong whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in mind and body in the presence of you all. I just want to continue down the path of faith today and tell you that God is in the house to touch somebody that's been at the gate, that's somebody that needs something from God. He's come to give it to you today, but He wants you to use your faith to touch him. Amen. Because it says that this man, the faith that he had, made him whole. Would you put your Bible down or let's lift our hands and just pray to God that he would do and accomplish what he wants to do in the house. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for the miracle power of your word, the seed of your word. God, the seed contains the miracle, Lord. We are not able to do anything in our flesh, anything of ourselves, but God, you flowing through us is where the miraculous is. And our faith being released to you, God, is where, amen, supernatural things begin to happen, God. Heaven's economy, Lord, is ran and operated by faith. And God, we want to make an exchange today with our faith into you in Jesus' name. Turn to somebody and say, God's going to touch you today. Mm-hmm. Praise God. You can be seated in Jesus' name. God is on standby here today. Amen. God doesn't force himself onto you. God doesn't force himself into your situation. But God is looking for somebody to activate him today. Amen. Where is uh, Brother Fleming? Where? Raise your hand, Brother Fleming. Oh, he's right here. He was watching first service. I'm just starting right out of the chute, all right? He was watching first service, and he says, you know what, I got, he's been having this sciatica problem in his hip and back, lots of pain. But he said, I'm, I'm going to get up and go get my healing today. You can say what you want to, but I got faith that your faith is touching God right now, Brother Fleming. And you don't have to wait for an altar call to be healed and touched in your body. In the name, I rebuke fear and the lie of the enemy right now that's told you you're this way, you're going to be this way, it's been this way a long time. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You're just like the man at the gate. You're not going to be identified by this. Uh, It's going to be something that we praise God for in Jesus' name because you made faith uh, a priority today and you said, I'm going to the house to get my healing. 
Oh, I want to give God praise for that kind of faith. That's the kind of faith that moves God. That's the kind of faith that releases a miracle. That's the kind of faith that releases a healing. Hallelujah. Amen. He's he's waiting to be activated by someone's faith. He knows that there's a need, and that's why Jesus went to where he went. He was led by the Spirit, and he went to people who had faith, just like he found the woman at the well, amen, who needed salvation. Jesus knew she needed salvation. That's why he said, I must needs go through Samaria. Jesus wasn't lost, confused, or just on a scenic trip, uh, amen. What he was doing was saying, he was saying, there's somebody with faith at a well that I've got to go find who she is and minister to her because uh, she's ready to receive a miracle. She's ready to receive revelation. Amen. I believe the Lord is saying today, I must needs go through Groveport. There's somebody that came to church today that's that's waiting on me to show up. And he's not going to disappoint you. He's going to show up. He's already here. But you see, all of that positioning and her being at the right place at the right time and Jesus going out of his way to get to the well. It was not some act of, uh, you know, uh, accident. It was intentional because Jesus shows up where people have faith. He shows up where people have expectation. I must needs go through Samaria. It was forbidden for him to go through, but I'm going to tell you right now, faith made Jesus do something he wasn't really supposed to do according to the law. And faith could have brought him to a situation today that he is getting ready to move in, that you're not ready uh, to completely try to comprehend, but he is not bound by protocol. He's not bound by our schedule today. He's not. He doesn't doesn't have to fit into what we think is a proper protocol. He's in the house today for anyone that's got faith to touch him with it. I must needs go through Samaria. I'm, I'm thankful today. I, 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 you know, sometimes we can get unrealistic expectations and put pressure on people. This is not a performance-based outfit. You can come here on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and repeat the cycle, and I'll never be able to heal anybody. No one we bring is able to heal anybody, but God can flow through us and touch people. Because I don't have it, but he does. And if we can ever get him released, amen, silver and gold have I none. I don't have any, I don't have any ability, but if Jesus could ever get loosed and connected with your faith, amen, if I'm just a conduit, uh, then I'll be a conduit. But the Lord is in the house uh, wanting to touch somebody today and touch your situation. Couldn't heal a gnat from a headache. Amen. I see you back there laughing. You're right. You laugh because I can't do anything. But I've seen God do some amazing miracles. 
He can do anything. Silver and gold have I none, but we do have something. It's not from us, it's of us. Hallelujah, there's a big difference. We'll give you what we do have. What do you have in the name of Jesus? Rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, be healed of your plague, your infirmity, your sickness. I'm just I'm just gonna be bold today. I don't know. Just you guys all right? I didn't even know they were still up here. I feel like calling out some some long-term stuff. And I'm not just calling out physical ailments today. But I'm here to declare in Jesus' name. I had somebody in the first service just weeping because they were like, I'm being healed of something that's not physical. Their faith touched Jesus and Jesus showed up. And he started healing their spirit and their mind. And something began to happen on the inside that was never visible on the outside. That's the kind of faith I'm talking about. If you can tell, oh yeah, as long as we look good on the outside, then we can fool everybody. But there's stuff on the inside that Jesus is saying, it's just as important to me as your physical healing. And more so because if I can get your soul to prosper, I can get your body to prosper. John said, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. We need some souls to prosper. We need some stuff to happen in the economy of God that touches Him. Amen. That begins to break things down and break things off down in your spirit and free you. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm talking about free indeed. Amen. Free indeed means uh, I'm not just free, amen, to go through the motions, but I'm free and who you see is who I am. He stopped them with his faith and he he released it when he stretched out his hand. Everyone say he stretched out his hand. Expecting to receive. He was already well aware that he was not going to get a jingle in his cup that day. Because he said, I don't have anything for you. But I do have something to give you. It's not from me, it's of me. Peter said, I I don't have any earthly currency, but I sure do have some heaven currency. Ah. Faith will always lift you up. Faith lifts you up. Faith elevates you. The gift of faith is in this house. The gift of faith. You say, I don't, well, I don't feel anything. Well, don't, don't need to feel anything. It's the gift of faith. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I don't always feel goosebumps. There's not always a physical manifestation, but I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got the power of the Holy Ghost inside of me. And that is the thing that 
causes healing to transpire when it connects with faith on the other end. It's like, amen, your faith ignites, uh, amen, the power of God, the gift of faith. And when you release your faith, God releases his virtue. the dimension of the miraculous, the supernatural, it lifts us out and above this realm and into a different realm. Peter said this in verse 12, why are you looking at us? Why are you looking at me? He asked the question. I'm going to tell you something. We couldn't heal this man or make him walk on our best day. Verse 16, he said, the reason this man has been healed, I I want us to catch this, his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong. And this is powerful. The faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. By him. By the sick man, by the lame man, his faith, not the faith of Peter and John, the faith of the man that was sick hath made him whole. His faith, by his faith, hath made him whole. What does that mean for us today? That means that you can be surrounded with people that believe, but until you release something out of you that connects with God, connects with his word, connects with what's being proclaimed. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. Some of you may be waiting on something to happen from somebody coming by and laying hands on you, but it's not that way. Amen. God is waiting on us. Amen. We're not waiting on God today. He's waiting on somebody sitting at a gate that that says, uh, amen, such as I have give I unto thee. Then that's enough. Uh, I'm going to touch that and know that God is going to touch my situation. Amen. I I don't talk about this often because I, I just don't, but I'm going to say it today because God did it. No way I could have done it. Some of you may probably... Many of you don't even know the name Tom Stroop, but Tom Stroop used to attend this church years ago. And uh, he was in Mount Carmel East, and I was called to go pray for him. And uh, when I got there, he, he was not alive. And he was covered up with a sheet laying in his hospital room. And uh, I guess in your flesh, the the flesh, you're like, I'm too late. But Jesus, when he came to the tomb of Lazarus, wasn't too late. He was right on time. Because he, he said, this man's not dead, he's asleep. So I said, well, I don't have anything to lose. I went in that room, I rolled that sheet down over his face, he was ashen, 
gone. And I laid my hand on his head. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, let life return to your body. And he coughed, and his eyes opened up. The nurses said he had been gone for about 15 minutes. Now, I didn't do anything. I didn't have any power to raise him up, but the Holy Ghost flowed through me and touched Tom Stroop and put life back in his body in the name of Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. Amen. Why are you saying that? I'm saying that so that your faith would be in God, that there's nothing too hard for Him to do if you believe. My stepfather, Dan Lunsford, mom. Uh, first of all, let me just give my mom some kudos because she's a woman of faith. That's a woman of great faith. and I've watched her throughout my life have strong faith. Strong faith. Not always been sunny days and everything going your way but she's here today because of her faith she she stood by my stepfather for several years who uh, had a failed kidney situation had to go through transplant kidney transplants and all kinds of surgery and difficult days and medication, anti-rejection medication, and he was on all of that. One of the side effects from uh, anti-rejection medication is that it weakens the muscle tissue in your organs. And it had weakened the heart tissue so much so that he was now developing serious heart conditions. And so one thing led to another, and he came down with a serious uh, infection. He was in OSU hospital for 120 days. 120 days laying there in a very weakened condition. He got this, contracted this rare infection. The things they were giving him were not working. The antibiotics, uh, the infection, it wasn't responding to it. It was just basically taking him out. And he was in a very weakened posture laying in that bed. And I remember being in Louisiana at because of the Times Conference. And when I was there, I got the call that Dan... Uh, Dan's not doing good. Please pray for him. And so as soon as I got home from that conference, I went up there. I was on a Saturday night, and it was late. Amen. And our flight had gotten in, and I went to the hospital. And uh, I was looking at him, and I was looking at my mom, and there wasn't a lot of hope in the room. And and they said, you might as well prepare that he's probably not going to make it but a few days. And his eyes were closed, and he's laying there, hooked up to all of this stuff. And I just felt like the Lord wanted me to ask him. I didn't ask my mom. I asked Dan Lunsford. I said, Dan, do you believe that God can heal you and raise you up out of this bed? He just simply gave a very weak nod. I said, well, then that's enough faith for God to do a miracle. 
I just laid my hand right on his head. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed and be made whole in Jesus' name. Be raised up out of this bed. Infection, be smitten in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know today, I don't know how many days it was, but it was just a handful of days, not weeks and months. But just a couple of days, he began to come out, and he was raised up, and he was discharged, I think, within about seven to ten days. uh, And he went home. Uh, He didn't go to the funeral home. He didn't go to the cemetery. He went home, home. And he lived several more years later. I'm just here to give God the glory to say, I don't care how bad it might look if you've got enough faith to just give it a weak nod today and say, I believe that God can change my situation, then God can do what looks impossible to you. I'm sorry for the personal references, but I just, I'm not going to sit on that kind of testimony forever. I've said them here before by times, but those are personal, that I've seen God do it through me. And one more, and uh, she's not here, but her name is Giselle. She was a preemie baby, and she was born, and at the time she was the smallest and youngest preemie to ever be born at Children's Hospital. And uh, we were called up again, another situation. I know that maybe you're not in this desperate and dire of a situation today, but let me just tell you something. It doesn't matter to God. But, but she was so tiny, I think under a pound, 15 ounces sticks out to me. I think she was 15 ounces. And when I went up there and looked at that incubator, it was just a, it was just a little, I don't know, there was nothing there. Her skin was translucent. I could see organs through the skin. So undeveloped. And I stuck my hand in that incubator. And my hand dwarfed that little baby. But I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, this is not too hard for you. I'm speaking life into this baby. I'm here to tell you today, she's not in this physical building, but she's probably in her late teens now, living a fairly normal life. Because Jesus doesn't know something he can't raise up. When faith, when faith is activated, there's nothing that is too hard for God to do. Amen. God God just doesn't know any impossibilities. I know a name that you'll know because she attends this church. Her name is Rachel Brush. You know her, right? Teaches Sunday school. She had leukemia as a teenager, early teenager. She had a, they, they gave her chemo for quite a while, and, and she went through a lot of medical procedures and Chemo was effective to touch her body um, from that leukemia, but it came back on her and got in her bones, and she needed a bone marrow transplant. But 
in between that, she was laying in Children's Hospital. And I remember, and I, Brother Brush was here this morning. I asked his permission to share this, but the doctors called the family and us as clergy into the room and said, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brush, we just want to tell you that you need to go into that room and basically tell Rachel good, your goodbyes because she's not likely going to survive. If she does survive, she will be a vegetable the rest of her life and her bodily functions will not function. She'll have to have 24-hour assistance. pretty gloomy prognosis. So we went into the room. Dr. Jeffers happened to be in town. We all went in and we prayed. and He began to call out shalom peace over her body from the head to the toe. And we prayed. I'd like to tell you she jumped up out of the bed. No. But within a few days, she was out of the bed. Today, she's teaching Sunday school. This week, she's been coaching quiz team. That's a long way from if she comes out of that bed, she's going to be a vegetable. She's probably going to die. To God be the glory. Can we just give God some glory? He's... That's not somebody in Africa that you don't know. That's somebody that is teaching your kids and your grandkids, amen, that's still living and still serving God. To God be the glory. God, we give you all the praise. I don't even know what order these slides are in. Just put the first slides up. Sister Live and Goods here, this service, she wasn't here first service. This is her relations in West Virginia, correct? Had seizures regularly, multiple seizures. And they said he would never know a time without seizures. Prayer was made. I don't know the dates and the times or how long, but I do know it's been... Sister Lyman, when did we initially pray? We pray for him, too. One of these cards. That's why I've waited on these cards today. That's why we're kind of mixing things up today. Because I don't want to get into the routine of doing church. We're not doing church. We are the church. And these, these cards aren't just, 
Oh, yeah, that's something we do right around offering time, isn't it? I'm talking about a healer today. I'm, I'm telling you there's nothing too hard for God. I'm telling you that that boy is different. And we're going to believe that God's going to continue. He hasn't had a seizure since. To God be the glory. If it was your son, we might be praising a little different. If it was our grandkid, we would, we might be saying, thank you, Jesus, just a little bit more passionately. It's not a criticism. It's just when it touches home, when it gets close, amen. We're just so thankful today that God would touch this boy. To God be the glory. Next, please. Della's here today. Stand up, Della. Della, I remember, I may not have been the exact night, but I remember you getting this report. And the report was, this is Sebastian. She's holding her grandson. Great-grandson. I remember her walking down, standing right in this proximity right here on a Wednesday, I think it was. And you had gotten this report. And you said, I defy the report that says my great-grandson is going to die. They said, he's going to die that night. He's not going to live. Tomorrow's not coming for this boy. Two years ago. Last week was the 24th. 24th was two years to the day. And that was her holding him in the hospital with that word. And she put this scripture on here, which I, I thank you for doing that because you didn't know that I was going to use this today. But it says, I wait for the Lord. I expectantly wait. It's one thing to wait on God, but it's another thing to expectantly wait on God. God, I've got a report, but I know you're showing up. I got faith that you can make it different. And in his word do I hope, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Something happened in that man when he said, such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Two years later, just a, there he is, Sebastian. Once again, not in the cemetery, not at the funeral home. To God be all the glory. He's full of life. He might have more joy than some of us. Doesn't even know why. Next one, please. This is Sister Berger's brother-in-law. I said son-in-law first service. She corrected me. I think I got it right. Brother-in-law had COVID, contracted COVID, ended up in a coma on a ventilator, basically flatline, given up to die, keeping him alive through medication and a ventilator. Please pray for my brother-in-law. The doctors don't give him any hope. 
he's on a ventilator, and they said he's not going to come out of this coma. Would you please pray? Her faith filled out a card in the face of a doctor's report. I'm not against doctors, but they're limited. Faith unlocks the door to unlimited possibilities. I think it was a week to 10 days. There he is in a suspended bed. They had to keep him upside down, I think, from so he wouldn't strangle. So swollen. Next picture. A few days later. I don't know how many days, but not weeks and months. Just maybe, I think, three or four days later. God raised him up out of that bed, took all the stuff out of him. A few weeks from there, he was sitting in this church on Easter Sunday. To God be the glory. He's still doing well. She said, he's doing great. Lives in Cincinnati. Such as I have. We could have sent $75, $80 worth of flowers. That's about all we could do to change it, which is nothing. Just try to console the family. But God, but faith moved God. But faith responded to God. Is there one more? Giselle, I, I, I'm sorry. This is you, You've seen this, but I promised the Lord that I'm not going to sit on these testimonies. We should show them every service, really. This is Bella Cairo, who had twisted femur bones, and they were inoperable. They took her to several specialists, said, we, we can't do anything with these. We can't. Normally, they can break them, uh, you know, slowly and break them and uh, reconnect them with screws, seven to eight surgeries, I think, typical. But they said, these bones are not just crooked, but they're crooked and twisted. She brought her daughter to prayer on a, on a weekday. And the ladies and those that were here gathered around her and just anointed her with oil on a weekday. No fanfare, no big deal. But something connected, a faith reached God, and it changed something. And three months later, they went back to have an x-ray, and those bones were perfectly straight and untwisted. Now that's a God who says, I, I heard your limitation, but I'm not held to that limitation. I know you've been laying at the gate beautiful. You were like this from your mother's womb, but I can still do the miraculous. I can still do the impossible. We could go on and on and on and on, but I'm here to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost today, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. What's going to make you whole today? What's going to change the outcome in a situation where, amen, it looks hopeless or it looks endless or it looks like something can't be done? I'm going to tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be your faith reaching out to God and putting trust in His name. And when you touch Him and release the faith of God in in his name. I'll tell you what these pictures are. These are acts of faith. 
You might see them as paper, silliness. God sees this as great faith. I told first service that with one of these, somebody put up on here last week, and it's a picture of their boyfriend and their family. I've never met the man in my life until last night at the men and boys deer roast. It just took somebody laying the picture on the altar and a week later he walked in the door. I've never seen him before. But I'm planning on baptizing him in Jesus' name. I'm planning on seeing him filled with the Holy Ghost. Not just him, but everyone else. Why? Because if God can do it for one, he can do it. You know what? There's a lot of people on this in this in these seats today that you were a picture. You were a name. We've got a prayer blanket with people's names on it. What is that? That's just an act of faith. There's nothing magical or miraculous that happens when you write somebody's name on or put their picture on. But what it does is it opens up the door through your faith. It's like saying to God, God, I believe, and I'm willing to step out. I don't know who it was. Somebody told me last week, there's one of these pictures, and they're... They're not in order. You don't know who I'm talking. It's not up here on top. But as somebody that's struggling with gender confusion, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty big step of faith. That's somebody that Satan's got a real stronghold on. But it's not stronger than God. I, I'm I'm coming in partnership with somebody's faith that, that that's radical faith that says, Lord, you can you can bring them in, God. You can break that off of their mind. You can deliver the captive. You can set them free and let the oppressed go free. That's oppression, friend. When somebody uh, the enemy has that kind of hold on somebody, you know what I think the Lord is trying to get us to do. Take radical steps of faith. But they're not always leaps off the Empire State Building. They're just sometimes little simple steps. They're just a little reaching out. Yeah, I believe. I've been lame for a long time. I've sat here every day watching you all go to the temple and pray. But I'm crying out to you today. I don't need your money today. I'm expecting to receive something from you. And I'm expecting God to do a work in me. Amen. It's Dan Lunsford who just mustered up enough strength to give a nod laying in the hospital. It says, I I know I've got these tubes. I know the prognosis isn't good. But I'm just going to have enough faith to nod my head. That was enough for God to say, say, that man's still got faith, and I'm going to show up in his situation and raise him up out of that bed. I know we're not running around here banging off the walls, but you don't have to be. Brother Ron Hood, I was going to have you testify, but I'll just say in a nutshell, his brother was born lame, correct? His dad was a believer, spirit-filled believer, believed in God, had great faith in God, but that rocked his world. 
I hope I'm saying it right. I probably should have you come. Come on up here just for a quick. It's better if you give it. Now, what you're going to hear in this testimony is going to rock your world in a minute. What his dad had to say. But I want you to hear it because God did was not threatened by it. I'll just let you hear. Yeah, it's, uh, some of you won't associate with me after this. No, I, no, I mean, look, uh, my my yeah, my my brother was born lame. My my brother, yeah, there well, there we go. Okay, yeah, yeah, you used to. My brother was born lame. Okay, he. Uh, uh, you know, he crawled. He crawled a little bit there, and when it was walking time, he was uh, he couldn't he couldn't walk. They got a he, they got him a walker, and he you know he started you know with a walker. He could kind of like do this. You know, you, you've seen you've seen it, and uh, and he uh, and about two years old or so, uh, my dad uh, my dad had enough, and he he went to he went to see the doctor and said, well, "What's going on here?" Doctor said, "You know what." Uh, I can fix this. Uh, we can. Uh, I can break his legs once a year for seven years, and gradually, gradually, eh, he probably won't be good in sports or anything like that. But most people won't even notice, and he'll be in about seven or eight years. He'll be he'll be fine. And my dad just said, "Wow, that's not a, that's that's not acceptable." And uh, he turned to God, said. And you know he he was he he's he had been a believer way way before this. this this wasn't a first rodeo for him. He turned he turned to God and said, "You made him. Your word says you'll heal him." Period. He's he took he took my brother's crutches, threw him out in the garage, and he said, "You either heal him." Or I'll tell the whole world for the rest of my life you're a fraud. And he and he he walked away. And uh, whenever my brother would uh, come crawling and and stammering into a room, he'd leave the room, refuse to look at him. Uh, for two weeks this happened, and then two weeks later, my mother my mother was a basket case about this point. But uh, about two weeks later. She went into him and said, "Well, you can look at him now," and he was totally and completely healed. Now, 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 well, but but you can't talk to God like that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When Jesus walks the face of the earth, was he upset with the sinners? Was he upset with the uh, the people? Was he upset with people that? Didn't know what they were doing, or no? He was he was upset with the people. He was uh, he, he I, I don't he was upset with the people that were uh, were not uh, that didn't have faith. He was upset when he didn't see faith. That's what bothered him. Okay, he it's the word says he marveled. Upset's probably the wrong word. He was disappointed, obviously, uh, but the word said he was he marveled when he saw faith. You know the woman with the issue of blood, the the centurion who said only speak the only speak the word, the Canaanite woman who said, well even the dogs get to eat from the master's table. You know, uh, you know the, uh, uh, the 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 blind man outside of uh, Jericho. You name it, you name it. Uh, he marveled when he saw faith, but then when he uh, 
but then when he went to his disciples in Mark chapter 9, and they couldn't cast the devil out of the boy, he said, oh, ye of little faith, to his own, his own, his own followers. You know, that's where his disappointment came in. So, uh, so, yeah, he's not, I've heard pastors say this a few times, so I can repeat it. <laughs> you know, because I've heard him say this. God is not moved by our need. If he was moved by needs, we wouldn't have any. He's moved by faith. I told you it was going to rock your world. I heard you suck air out of the room when he repeated what his dad said. God, you're either going to heal him or I'm going to tell everyone you're a fraud. Now, I probably are not, am not going out on that limb. But I tell you who did, his dad. And you know what? I like what he said. God was not threatened because it was not interpreted as a hateful accusation. When God heard him say that, it was interpreted as great faith. Oh, no, it's not good enough seven years to break his legs and watch him fumble around and try to get the... No, God, you're bigger than that. That's what he was really saying. God, you're bigger than that. I, I, I happen to... I have a concept of God that you're bigger than that. And, and Lord, if you're looking for faith, then it, I've got faith. That's radical. You know, it might be considered abuse to throw your kid's crutches in the garage. But there's something about it I have to embrace and love because it was great faith. Does his brother get healed without his dad taking that stance? Probably not. I'm not telling you to go out here and say those words because it's an individual interpretation. Whatever way you've got to nod your head, reach up. Or throw crutches in the garage. It doesn't matter. It's just how is my faith reaching God?